meetings. Um, there really is so good to be here. Um, I have fast fallen in love with Woodstock Community Church. Uh, this is one of my favourite places in Cape Town at the moment. Um, I think that there is something that is about to crack open in this church and through this church that's going to impact um, massively, not only in Cape Town, but as a model for what God does for people who understand grace and who understand His love and who understand how to connect with the broken and the hurting. It's a good point, eh? Um, and so I'm really excited. I was just here Tuesday last week. I, I hosted a meeting here for some friends of mine because I felt there's something prophetic about this place, prophetic about this building, prophetic about the locality, prophetic about what God's doing with this church. Uh, if you are not a member at this church and you are looking for a church, don't be dumb. Join this church. <laughs> All right? It is brilliant. Okay? And uh, I, I really... I really mean that because I think uh, there are not many places that I know of that is doing what you guys are doing. And I want to commend you that this is going to go big um, and you're going to have to fight for the community that you have. You're going to have to fight for the honesty and the authenticity um, that you so put on display that I love and uh, the sense of servant leadership in Caleb and Jess and the other leaders that serve here, the sense of commitment not only to building a good church, but to transforming Cape Town and beyond. That is jolly impressive. And so I want to commend you uh, to give yourselves to this place. Uh, if you're visiting from other churches, please give yourself to your local church. But if you're part of this church, give yourself here because God's doing something very significant. Um, and uh, it's just such a joy to be able to be here as part of the formative um, bit. One of the things about the prophetic is that it's not just supposed to give you a personal word that makes you feel good and makes you get goosebumps because the air condition is too cold, but it's supposed to be something that helps set you into the foundations of the life of the church. Uh, we've got loads of Christians who have books full of prophecies who do nothing with them simply because they've not understood the way it's going to work out is in the local church. Do you know Joseph, when he gets the big picture of what God's going to do with him, he's a little bit arrogant and he's a little bit prideful and uh, he tells his uh, brothers, you know, this is what's going to happen to me and they decide they don't really like people with destiny. Isn't it fascinating how easy it is to get destiny squashed by older brothers? You have religious mindsets and to hate the ability to dream. I'll move on quickly. And, um, and so he gets kicked out because both Joseph and his older brothers don't quite know what to do with the dreams. Joseph is immature and he doesn't quite know how to deal with his dreams. Sometimes your dreams are just for you for a season. And you have to learn how to walk closely with God because he's wanting to form something in you. And then when the dream is fulfilled, his brothers are bowing down and his feet. Joseph doesn't go, well, I told you so. Look, here it's happening. On the contrary, what Joseph does is he says, God sent me ahead to prepare a place for you in order to save the nation. God, in your individual purpose, your plan, the call of God in your life is always connected to God's bigger purpose, the church. 
and went over like a lead balloon. Why don't you turn uh, your Bibles to Matthew very quickly. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. I want to quickly talk around the nature of revelation. What does prophetic revelation look like? Where does it come from? How do we enter into it? I really want this to be both a practical and inspiring time. Because the honest truth is, I'm tired of doing my job. I want lots of other people to be doing this too. Right? And we want to see loads of prophets, loads of prophetic people who are hearing from God and impacting the world. And uh, it's so important that we realize that God wants to speak to us, through us, and He wants to use us to change the nation. Before I do that, um, I just had this name running around in my head, so I'm going to go with it because sometimes it happens. I had the name Rebecca running around my head. Is there a Rebecca here um, tonight? Uh, or, or it might be your second name, but I feel like someone here with the name Rebecca. Is anyone here called Rebecca? Going once. <laughs> Going twice. That name means something significant to you. Um, Going three times. Okay, we'll move on. Um, if your name is Rebecca, well, that name does mean something to you. If you come up to me afterwards, I'll punch you. Um, <laughs> no, I won't, I won't, I won't, I love you. I promise you I'll love you. Um, <laughs> this always happens to me at the end of the meeting. Someone comes and goes, well, my name is Rebecca, but I wasn't quite sure if it was Rebecca with a C or Rebecca with a K. So I need to put my hand up. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Sisera Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go through, go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And this is one of the most incredibly jam-packed um, encounters of what it means to be a people of revelation, what it means to be a people who understand how God speaks, when he speaks, and what to do with, with what he speaks. One of the things I... I always am staggered by, in this particular text, is that Jesus equates human wisdom and human reasoning with satanic inspiration. You see, in order to approach the Father, in order to approach God, you have to have faith. And faith never works in the context of possibility or plausibility. Faith is anchored in impossibility. It means that we believe him for the impossible. It means that we approach him in, in ways that previously was impossible, but because of the blood of Jesus, we now have free access. It's so important that we understand that sometimes we can reduce 
what God wants to do and how God wants to move to man's wisdom and man's pragmatism. And we think that by building churches and business models, maybe something will happen. But Jesus seems to indicate that and connect that to satanic inspiration. You see, our earthly wisdom, the wisdom that man has, really is not from above. It comes from the demonic. I'll move on very quickly and tell you how to get revelation. The point is this, brothers and sisters, it's easy to approach this life thinking that if we get a daily dose of Oprah Winfrey or a daily dose of a nice person who gives us great encouragement for the day, that that's wisdom. When actually wisdom is founded in the impossibility of heaven. Now we must be a people who are preoccupied with heaven's perspective. And we must be a people who are preoccupied with what God is doing. Because that's how we build our lives. And I love the story because one of the first things we see about the nature of revelation is that it comes from the Father. That this is a relational thing. Jesus says, Simon Peter, flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Notice Jesus' whole marvelous operandi was from the place of Father to Son. Brothers and sisters, if we do not get our understanding and our context and our ability to do what we're called to do from the Father, we will be orphan-hearted and served from the place of performance. And I'll tell you what, you will burn out. I know, I've been there. It's easy to do the stuff professionally. It's easy to hear God professionally. I get it for 10 years of my Christian life, ministry life, where I serve God out of the place of professionalism because my gift could do what it needed to do, yet I was disconnected from the Father's heart. And when God spoke to me, I'll never forget, I was in Bethel in Redding, California on a floor as God was doing deliverance on me and setting me free from demonic strongholds of religion and performance because that's what they are, they're demonic. And as God began to set me free, he said, Son, I want you to grow up and be a child. <laughs> it's the best news that I've heard. It's the best word that I've ever heard from God. Grow up and be a child. Because you see, children have, an un, uh, have a unique ability to stay fascinated with the Father. When last were you fascinated with Papa? When last were you overwhelmed by him and you just thought, my gosh, he really can't do that. <laughs> we're supposed to be so fascinated with him that we get intoxicated by the very thought of his presence. Have you ever seen a little child waiting for their daddy to come home? It's like they could bounce off the walls. They're like totally crazy thinking, oh my word, daddy's coming home soon. I need to get ready. And they just go a little bit crazy. They get all hyperactive at the thought of Papa coming home. When last have you been like that in your quiet time? When last have you been like that in the place of just awestruck worship? You see, I became such a professional that I could study the Bible and get nothing out of it for me, but be able to hear a really good preach and preach the Bible and still miss God, the Father, in it all. You see, we're called to be relational first. I'm not called to demission first, I'm called to be a son first. I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being. <laughs> And it's not what I do for God that counts, it's what I do with Him that counts. 
You know, tonight I'm under no pressure to perform. If I walk out of this door and there's no prophetic word that is right, or even if I don't bring a prophetic word, I walk out of this door as son. No pressure to perform. And the great thing is the leadership here loved me enough to let me walk out the door as a son and I have to perform. You see, sometimes we can be so preoccupied with the functioning and the mission that we're called to. It's easy to fulfill the destiny of God without God. Moses could have taken the people of God into the promised land with an angel and never experienced the presence of God. But what did he say? He said, I'm not leaving unless the presence comes with me because the promises of God without his presence mean nothing. It comes from the place of revelation that I'm a son and the Father wants to speak to me. Jesus clearly says to Peter, listen, you need to know that this revelation that you've just had has not come from your ability to intellectually gather information. It's not come from your wonderful discerning gift. It's not come from your ability to join the dots together. This has come as revelation from the Father. And if we're wanting to live in the place of ongoing hearing His voice, if we're wanting to live in the place in the ongoing place of, of experiencing the sound of His voice day in and day out, it's not going to be because you have an ability to perform. It's not going to be because you have an ability to join the dots. It's not going to be because of your intellectual capabilities. It's going to be because He's Heavenly Papa and wants to speak to you. Wonderful. He said, so free, and it means I don't have to break a sweat or pop a blood vessel trying to get his attention because he's actually more compassionate than me. And so I don't need to convince him to speak to me. I don't need to try and twist his arm to speak to me. He loves me because he loves me because he loves his son, and I'm in his son, and therefore he wants to speak to me. It's so liberating, it should make you actually happy. <laughs> I mean, this is good truth here that I'm preaching. You see, for many of us, we still approach God through the lens or through the filter of He's really a bit grumpy and waiting to smite me. And every time we hit a trial or tribulation, the first thing we say is God's testing me. Do you know that God's desire is to lead you away from temptation, not to temptation? That He's not going, oh, let's, let's. Throw the gauntlet, yeah, and let's see how they do. <laughs> no, 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 his whole aim is to say, come away from that thing. Let me take you into my promise. Let me take you into my goodness. You see, something has to change in your mind. Something has to change the way you think and the way you approach Heavenly Papa. Because he really is that good and more. He doesn't just love you, he actually likes you. <laughs> he likes the dance that you do when no one else is watching. He likes that song that you sing when no one else is listening. That thing you do in the car when no one else is watching. He loves it about you. He wants to connect with you on a deep relational level. Jesus did nothing apart from the Father. Me, our sonship literally means that we now have become full representatives of the Father. You see, the reason why they wanted to stone Jesus in John was because when he said, I'm the son of God, it was literally calling himself equal to God. Because in Jewish understanding, when a son 
stood up to speak, it was as if the Father was speaking. When a son did ministry, it was as if the Father was doing ministry. When a son did business, it was as if the Father was doing business. And you've been invited into a holy relationship with Abba, with Papa. And you get to encounter him on a regular basis, not because you deserve it, not because you can earn it, but just because he's really a good dad and thinks you're very cute. <laughs> it's so liberating. I sort of press a little bit more, but I don't know if sometimes we get this because I, I, I get to counsel many Christians, particularly young Christians, who struggle with this thing because of earthly fathers who've either been distant or have been abusive or, or, or have been around but emotionally absent. And so when they approach God, we approach it through a Western lens of, of God being stoic and unemotional they're judging between right and wrong when actually God's highly emotional the Bible says that when he thinks about you he's overcome by a violent emotion and springs around wildly in anticipation of you Zephaniah 3 verse 19 says that it's not like he's sitting there trying to think about how he can judge you or how he can make you into a better person he just delights in you because he delights in you <laughs> it's like this <laughs> you see, if you want to hear God's voice, you need to know that the one who initiates is not you, it's always Papa. And that he initiated in the person of Jesus Christ so that now you have the same access that Jesus has, you have the same rights that Jesus has, you have the same privileges that Jesus has because you have been joined to him ecstatically, mystically and wonderfully forever. You can't be separated from him. Your son is twins and you share the same heart. Oh. <laughs> it's so good. It should make you very happy. By the end of the evening, I hope you will be. Happiness translates from the face sometimes. <laughs> you're a son, you're a daughter, you are free. And before we get into dynamics of prophecy, before we get into all of the ways God might want to speak to us, you need to realize that this comes out of relationships. Deep fellowship. The kind of fellowship that takes you and changes you to be more and more like Him. Do you know that John 14, 15, 16 is a holy invitation into Trinitarian worship, into Trinitarian gazing, as it were. That the same place that Jesus occupies in the Trinity, you now occupy. Because you're in it. <laughs> you should get really happy at that point, okay? I'm going to pretend like you really are very happy. The very same place that Jesus is seated in at the right hand of the Father is the very same place that you are in right now. So when Heavenly Papa is communicating in Trinitarian wonder and in Trinitarian awe, you're sitting right there, engaging with all of that beautiful. And I love what happens in this context is that Peter gets a revelation of Christ, the anointed one. 
He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, you understand something here, because very often we read Christ and we think that's Jesus' surname. Christ is not Jesus' surname. It's the definition of who he was as the Son of God and the mission that he came to fulfill. You see, the word Christ is the anointed one and he's anointed. And I love to use this word anointed one. I use this particularly in the UK because it works really well. You know, in, 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 in South Africa, we have a good bride, don't we? Yeah. I like brides. They don't quite do brides in the UK. They do barbecues, which is like an excuse for pork sausages. I don't understand. <laughs> right? And what we do with the bride is we smear some good fillet. Bought from Atlantic meat, of course. And we smear that filling. And we put a little bit of garlic in there, a little bit of red wine. Forgive me if you don't drink red wine, you really should. A little bit of red wine, we just cover it. And we get all that flavour in and we smear a little bit of uh, uh, um, rosemary. And do you know what I'm saying? A little bit of a chef, I like cooking. And we let the flavour of that which is on the outside get into the meat or into the flesh. That's a good description of the anointing. It means to be marinated in the person of the Holy Spirit so that that which surrounds you and comes upon you gets into your flesh. <laughs> and Jesus was anointed as the Son of God. Now listen, John the Baptist says, I would not have known who the Son of God was unless I saw the Spirit descend upon him and remain on him. Up until that point, no one had ever had the privilege or the joy of having the Holy Spirit not only come upon him, but remain on him. Prophets, priests, kings, and a donkey only had the privilege of the Holy Spirit coming upon and then lifting off. But under the new covenant, yea, God, the Holy Spirit doesn't just come to, to, to come upon us, but He rests and remains. That word is tabernacle. It literally means He makes Himself comfortable in your abode. And the way that John the Baptist could see that this is the Son of God is that the Holy Spirit came upon him. Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah chapter 61 calls it the Christ anointing or the Christ Spirit, the anointed one. And what Peter is getting here is a revelation, not just of Jesus' position as son, but of his anointing as the Christ. And what set him apart as the son of God was the coming of the Spirit. We often think of Holy Spirit in terms of mission. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, help me do more. When actually the Holy Spirit has not come to do your mission. He's come to um, witness with your spirit that you are the very sons of God. So that the same anointing that was on Jesus is now the same anointing that comes upon you. That's why you are called little Christ. So you get to walk in the very same Holy Spirit who rested and remained upon Jesus. And so when Peter gets a revelation of Jesus, the revelation he gets is not simply that he's the Son of God, it is that he has been anointed with the Spirit of God in order to extend the kingdom, and that's what sets him apart as the Son of God, and that's what sets us apart as the sons and daughters of God. Amen. The difference is that Jesus was begotten with the Father, we are now adopted by the Father. And as J.R. Packer says, as God loves his only begotten son, so he loves all of his adopted sons. Yeah. 
You see, the revelation that Peter gets of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is one that is Trinitarian. It's one that points to the Father, the Lord God, Yahweh. It's one that points to the coming of the Spirit upon the flesh of a man so he'd be the Son. It's Trinitarian in nature. And that's how we build the church. Jesus says to Peter, on this rock I'm going to build the church. Notice, he's not talking about Peter being the physical rock. He's talking about the revelation of Christ. Amen. The Holy Spirit. The anointing and the anointed one. That, that's the revelation we build church on. That's why this church is never going to be built. WCC is never going to be built on the pragmatism of principles that come out of some mega church in the States or wherever else you want to put it. It's never going to be built on the latest principles that come out of Microsoft. It's going to be built on the revelation of the Holy Spirit, which is not static, it is ongoing. That's why we need you to hear God's voice so that as you come together, we get to build a church for His glory. Corinthians chapter 2, the last verse says, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of the anointed one and his anointing. We have the mind of the Spirit and his anointing. And in that verse it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has perceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit for who knows the mind of man except his spirit. Even so, who knows the mind of God except the spirit of God so that we might enjoy all things given by God. And then that last verse said, but we have the mind of Christ. It's a community we, not an individual we. It's a we that says because we're connected to one another and there's a mutual flow of grace, I need you to hear from God. I need you to hear from God so that we get to discern the mind of Christ as to how we build. You see, my coming here tonight and prophesying over some individuals is not about you getting your personal word for your guest me. It's about how we're going to build this church in order to transform everything around us. Brothers and sisters, this is how we build church on revelation. And revelation is static and more living phrase. Revelation is objective in that Jesus Christ has come. There's no other mystery we need to look for. He is mystery revealed. It's not that like I'm trying to be Gnostic and trying to find a deeper truth. Let me find another key. No, no. He is the key. He is the revelation. When you gaze into Him, when you look at Him, all things are revealed to you. That which was once held secret is now being revealed to us through Christ. And the incredible thing is even that which is hidden because of the Holy Spirit upon us, we get to search out the mind of God. <laughs> That's an incredible thought. Yeah. Do you know that there is never a moment when you don't need to know the will of God for a particular thing because He's given you the Holy Spirit to search out His very mind. And, he, and Jesus says to Peter, on this rock of revelation, I'm going to build a church. It's objective. But it's ongoing in that Jesus is resurrected. Sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's still talking to his church. And last time I checked, he said he'll build his church. <laughs> We're called to extend the kingdom, he builds the church. And when we begin to understand that our connection to the head who is Christ 
releases the very anointing of the Spirit to us that we can hear the voice of the Father and get revelation as to how to build, church becomes a whole lot more exciting. It's not some boring institute where we have to tick all the boxes to make sure that we're getting the right stuff. No, 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 no. It becomes a living organism that begins to grow and begins to move and begins to shape and begins to have its being in Christ, the head, who releases the anointing of His Spirit. That's why I'm passionate about receiving the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm passionate about praying for people to enjoy the Holy Spirit because when He comes, what He does is He identifies with you that you now are the very sons of God. So the same mission Jesus entered into for 33 years is the same mission you and I get to enter into. And we get to turn a whole area upside down. You see, the nature of revelation is not that we just kind of go, wow, wasn't that amazing? Did you see that word of knowledge? Man, he was accurate. Tell you about the bunk words of knowledge that you got. I mean, really, you should really sharpen his No, no, no. No, no, it's about you coming into correct understanding of your sonship. That's why Papa speaks to us. That's why the Father loves to communicate with us. So there's to be a revelation of our sonship. We get to build church. What happens in this context is that not only does Peter understand that revelation comes from the Father, not only does he get a revelation of Jesus upon which we now build the church, but notice this. Peter, or Simon, gets a revelation about himself. Something intrinsically changes in his character, in his identity, and Jesus says, by the way, you're going to be the rock. You see, when prophetic promises come, when words come, when you hear the voice of God, it does a number of things. One, it reveals Father. Two, it reveals Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Three, it reveals who you are connected to Him. And you notice that that revelation of who you are is part of the foundation that we build church on. Because you see, God is fitting us together as a great big house for his glory. You see, when you get prophetic words, there are DNA moments, there are uh, uh, bits in that that help unlock who you really are called to be in order to be laid at the foundation of local church so that your part to play is by the Spirit, not by your skill, talent, or ability. But because God has revealed where you fit. That's how we build church. That's why it's important to be part of a local church. Can I just quickly say, do you mind if I just do a little prophetic rant for a moment? Is it alright? I'm just going to go anyway, I've got the mic. (laughs) The idea that you can divorce yourself from a local church is like saying to... It's like dating your girlfriend and she's only got a head but no body. And when you walk in to your mom's house, you go, hey, look at my girlfriend. Isn't she cute? (laughs) Your connecting to the head comes because you're connected to his body. And his body is expressed through local churches. If you're not in a local church, you're being unbiblical. Sure. Yeah. 
that's not legalism, that's Bible. Because you see, there is a unique grace gift in you. There is a unique prophetic gift in you that is going to be unlocked when you connect to the right people and the right congregation so that grace is released so that we mutually grow. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians that each joint supplies grace. Where you're connected to, there is a flow of grace that comes so that you grow in the love of God. Okay, I'll move off that point. And so the revelation comes not just about who the Father is. The revelation doesn't just come about Jesus. It comes about who you are now connected to them. Listen, you've got incredible potential, purpose, and power. Yeah. It's a whole lot of peace, eh? Potential, purpose, and power. And this incredible anointing on the inside, the same anointing that's on Jesus is in you. When you get a revelation of who God's called you to be, everything changes. You see, many of us, we confuse humility and arrogance. And some of us miss our destiny in God because we keep denying who we really are. And so, you know, when, when someone compliments you, it's a good way of knowing whether you really understand the ability of it. Some compliments you without, oh, it wasn't me, it was the Lord. <laughs> Rubbish! God was using you physically to demonstrate His kingdom. Amen. You see, humility is not denying who you are. Humility is recognizing that who you are comes from Him. Amen. And so what happens is, because of an incorrect understanding of who we are, we identify ourselves, particularly Christians, we identify ourselves with our old nature and our old man, thereby denying who God really made us to be and we wonder why we don't walk in power. Yeah. My old man is dead. Just as Jesus was crucified on the cross, so I was crucified on the cross. Just as Jesus was buried in the ground, so I was buried. Just as Jesus raised from the third day, so I was raised. Just as Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, so I have been ascended in Him. That my place now is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. My translation puts like this, in the executive strength of God's right hand. Do you know who you are and who's you are? Do you know who you are and who's yours? Because when you begin to get a revelation about who you are in Him, when you begin to get a revelation of His purposes concerning you, you realize the labels like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. It's not good enough anymore because actually you're a saint and power with the Holy Spirit, so you get to do the same ministry that Jesus did. You see, revelation, when you get this, gives you keys of authority to open up kingdom activity. It's in the context of revelation that Peter gets keys. Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom so that whatever has been bound in heaven, is a better translation, will be bound on earth. Whatever has been loose in heaven will be loose on earth. Here's the incredible deal. To the degree that you understand the revelation that God has called you to, the revelation that you're called to walk in, the revelation of Jesus and the revelation of you in Him will be to the degree that you'll have keys of authority that will unlock kingdom activity wherever you go. Amen. 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 Amen
You see, the reason why I know God will heal, the reason why I know God will promise us, is not because I have an ability to any of those, it's because I'm seated firmly in the executive strength of God for I had, and last time I checked, it's not lacking power. Last time I checked. The reason why I know God's going to provide for me more than anything else is because I know that He's good. The reason why I'm not going to participate in the recession is because God is not lacking anything in heaven. You see, you will only have authority over that which you have revelation. You will never have authority in the area of your finances until you have authority or revelation of generosity. You'll never have authority in the area of healing until you get a revelation of the love of God. See, God doesn't heal because He's powerful. He heals because He's love. Many of us want more power than what God's wanting to give you a great understanding of is more authority. You see, authority is permitted or permission given to you to have influence. Power is your ability to act. Authority is your permission to act. Revelation gives you the keys of permission. You see, this church, WCC, will only grow in direct proportion to the revelation of the resurrected Lord Jesus. The greater the revelation of Christ and His anointing, the greater the revelation that you have of your twinning and being joined in Him and with Him, the greater the degree of authority you will have over a region and over a city. Talk about Him. You see, the reason why we cannot build church the way someone goes down the road, the way someone else is doing it in another part of the world, is because until we understand that He has specific revelation blueprints and understandings for your local church, you will always be trying to copy and adopt other people's mechanisms and strategies and never bear much fruit. The reason why we want the prophetic unlocked in this local church is not because we want a whole lot of people who can prophesy, although we want that. It's because when the prophetic revelation comes, it acts like a key that should give us authority to open other communities. Yeah. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, what we want for WCC, what I want more than anything, and I do pray for this church very regularly, I want you to know that. What I want for this church is not another mega church. It's not another church that looks like something or someone else. I want this church to look like the revelation of Christ and His anointing. I want this church to live in a place of flowing from grace that comes because He's given us revelation and keys. And do you know what that means? Your keys that you get in this local church might be different from keys you get somewhere else. Does that make sense? You see, I know some of you might have come for a prophetic word and I'm preaching a building word right now. Because the foundations of this church is going to go much deeper than what you will see the building look like at first. Because the deeper the foundations, the bigger the building. And so we've got to go deep before we go up. 
And what God is wanting to do with this community, what God is wanting to do with this church, is give you keys to the kingdom. That I'm not, not, just by the way, kingdom, I'm sure you understand, means the domain of heaven. And it's a place where God dwells. And uh, last time I checked, this verse says that um, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That means we don't wait for hell to invade church. We take church to where hell is at. And we begin to invade the gates of the enemy and redeem and reclaim that which was always ours anyway. Can you shake your happy? Really, that's pretty cool. For many of us, we live... I've been preaching this and I'll come in for a landing in a moment and tell you how you can hear God's voice for yourself in five, ten minutes. Many of us live with a siege mentality. We, we're just waiting and we're hiding so we don't get contaminated by the world. And we're waiting for Jesus to return. Thank God I've got my fire insurance. It's all going to be okay. And some people I know who are stocking up on baked beans and toast, waiting for the end of the world. Listen, the Antichrist has got nothing to do with 666. The Antichrist has everything to do with being anti the anointing and the spirit of God. In other words, where people have come against the root of the spirit and try to dial down on the spirit, they actually the root of that often is an Antichrist spirit. Listen, the things that the Pharisaical spirit hated about Jesus was not his ability simply to preach and teach. They kind of liked what he said. It was not just his ability to be nice. It was the dynamic kingdom breaking in in power and the extravagant worship that resulted as a result of that power coming. And they shut down on those two things. Most of our churches in this last season, the two things that they've cut down and shut down on, worship and the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit coming yeah. on earth as in heaven. Yeah. Help me, Jesus. I'm preaching now, I'm not just... Uh... You see, and we built the season mentality of let's get people into our church, let's get people into our building. When God's telling us, please, get them out of the building. <laughs> get them out of the building because you carry kingdom influence. And when you get a revelation of the kingdom of God that's in you, when you get a revelation of Christ and His anointing, the church begins to multiply because you realize that wherever you go, you've got influence to change and shift an atmosphere. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we are not called to live a life that's ordinary. We are called to live a life that's just boring. We are called to live a life that is extraordinary. That releases the kingdom in the same way that Jesus did. Do you know the major difference is between moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, the way Jesus did and the way we do? Unbelief. You know the Jesus, you know, I, when I pray for the sick, I never rebuke them for their lack of faith if they don't get healed. Yeah. 
But it's probably my lack of faith anyway, not theirs. I never do that because Jesus never did that. And my aim when I pray for the sick is to leave them loved. Because really, their, their healing is guaranteed. Sooner or later, the kingdom will break out on their body. Their healing is guaranteed. No doubt about it. I've got no, I've got no problem with understanding and believing that when I pray for the sick, something is happening. Whether I see it or not, because healing is guaranteed. Because sooner or later, the kingdom will come in fullness of power. And that reality will overcome this reality. And I say that as one who struggles with sickness in my own body. But when I pray for the sick, I want to leave them feeling loved. I don't want to leave them feeling like I've done my, my duty for the day and I've got my naughty back. I've never told people they have a lack of faith. However, when Jesus spoke to his disciples, you've got some disciples here tonight? Yeah. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. You see, faith comes directly out of revelation. That's why we prophesy in proportion to our faith. To the degree that we really believe in His goodness. To the degree that we really understand our union with Christ. To the degree that we really understand our position in the heavens. To the degree that we really understand the eagerness of the kingdom breaking out. It's often to the degree that we will move in power. Amen. Amen. You see, people are sick and dealing. What's the key to praying for the sick? We, we see God do some amazing. We saw a lady get healed, unable to fall pregnant, fell pregnant, and not only that, she got healed of diabetes too. We see deaf ears open recently. We see people getting retinas replaced supernaturally. You know anything about a retina can never get healed. And so God has to put a recreative miracle. He has to do a miracle. He has to put a brand new retina in the eyes. We see God do some of these things on a regular basis. And it's just loads of fun. And people say, so what's the key? How do you see so many humans? The greater the revelation of your sonship, the greater your revelation of Jesus, the greater the revelation of the kingdom, the greater you will begin to believe him for the impossible. We build our church and we will build churches not on the pragmatism of a five-step model on how to be really great at welcoming people and a ten-step model on how to be really great at doing slick worship and a fifteen-step model on how to really educate scripture. And we're going to build it on those things. Those things might be good, but we build it on the revelation of Christ. How does he speak to us? Very simply. By his spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he doesn't come with a Sean Connery voice. Actually, this is the Lord speaking. <laughs> Most often, God's voice sounds like ours. Mm-hmm. And it's when we begin to learn to be sensitive to the nuances of relating to Papa. When he begins to say, don't do that, do this. Yeah. When he begins to Impress. Some of you here put your, your head on a memory foam pillow and you take it away and you see the impression of your head on that memory foam pillow. And it begins to just lean in on you and just go pray for that person. Yeah. And you obey. Suddenly you begin to develop a love language of Papa. Yeah. And you begin to recognize, because you see, he's going to speak to you differently than the way he's going to speak to you. Right. 
There's no one size fits all. This is about his unique ability to love on you and to communicate with you. Yeah. Wonderful. Amen. Relational. And the problem with relationship is you can't shortcut relationship. Papa wants to speak to you, wants to communicate to you, wants to love on you, wants to show you what to do next, he wants to give you the answer to that difficult problem and work that you've ever wanted to do about you, he wants to give you the answer. You know, the Holy Spirit is an expert on everything. Yeah. And he leads us into all truth, not just biblical truth, but all truth. Yeah. He's got complicated equations and he's got the answer to all of them. Yeah. He's got the answer to unlock that person who doesn't want to sign on the dotted line for you. He's got the answer. He's got the right relational connection for you. This is not just about getting a verse out of the Bible and reading it and saying, well, it's just about building your life around the still, small voice of heavenly power. And everything changes when you begin to hear his voice. We were just in a restaurant up in Harding, of all places, help me, Jesus. And this lady walks in and she's got a, a bandage around her ankle and suddenly I sense the presence of God on my left side. I don't know why that was, but I sense it on my left side and I figure, hold on, God's presence, bandage ankle, let's do something about this. And Tim, my intern and I, we just prayed for not even two minutes. In fact, it wasn't even a minute prayer, was it? It was just, Lord Jesus, heal this right now. Instantaneously healed. She slipped and broke her ankle a few days earlier. Instantaneously healed. Able to put pressure on and walk fine. I didn't break a sweat. I carried on eating my steak. <laughs> Simply because I wanted to learn how to respond to this still small voice. I can't give you five steps on how to hear God's voice because it's relational, not legalistic. As long as you see God is judge, you'll always be waiting for his orders and trying to repay him back. But when you understand that your judge is also your father, you realize that any debt you could ever owe him, you'll never be able to pay, so you might as well enjoy what he's given you anyway. How do I hear God's voice? Spending time with him, loving on him. Hear that worship time in the car? That moment, and he just drops a little thought, a little word, obey that. Be quick to respond, because the quicker you respond, the quicker you'll get a pattern of the way that he interacts with you. And you'll begin to learn how to move. One last thing I want to say about this, and then we'll pray for people, is that the simplest form of prophecy is encouragement. And one of the things I've noticed, and maybe we'll do an exercise a little bit later, one of the things I've noticed about encouragement is that Christians really suck at encouragement. Now our predisposition is to look for the bad stuff, not the good stuff. Now our predisposition is to look, how can we judge this person, not encourage this person? Okay, it's just me, obviously. None of you have that problem. <laughs> and we evaluate people on the basis of their performance, not their value. 
And I've learned this because let me tell you, if you want to see a place that's judgment-based, it's the UK. Sweet Jesus, help me. Just waiting for a word, Lord. Take time again. Um, I love the UK. I love what God's doing there. God's doing amazing things. But one of the things I've noticed is that encouragement goes a whole lot more than preaching. Now you, you standing in a queue and you waiting to do your shopping groceries and the teller is looking miserable as can be. And you just look at the teller and just a simple, gee, thank you so much for helping me today. I so appreciate it. I just love the fact that you're serving so well. Thank you. And next minute, it's like steel gets put into their spine and they kind of like, yeah, let me help you pack. <laughs> They're just so overwhelmed at how nice you are to them. It's incredible in the UK, believe it or not, you offer people prayer. I think I've only been rejected once in hundreds of times. It's like they go, yeah, please, please pray for me right now. And simply encouraging people saying to me, so, you know, how do you get your words of knowledge? I stop with encouragement. Very rarely will you hear me start with a prophetic word of art. You know, the hand of the Lord is really upon me. He really loves you. Because it's from that place of encouragement that the flow of the river of God begins to come and you get revelation about them because you have tuned into the way God sees people. You see, God does not look at us through the lens of our capabilities. That's why Paul says, we do not regard one another according to the flesh any longer, but according to the spirit, for we are now new creations. Our identity has been superbly, wonderfully, and magnificently changed. And the way Papa sees us is through his son. Like, you know, he's eternally happy with us. Did you get that? Yeah. He is eternally happy with you. Amen. And even when you messed up, he's still eternally happy with you. And even if you do nothing to change your life, he's still eternally happy with you. I'm just going to preach to the wall quickly. He's eternally happy with you forever and ever and ever. Did you get that? It's like he's on the edge of his chair just going, look how cool they really are. Look how amazing they really are. And when you begin to speak over people, even the lost, you see some of us see the lost through the lens of total depravity and we think that they're horrible, horrible people. Sinners. But when you see them as broken image bearers of God and you begin to call the image of God out of them, something begins to rise inside of them saying, I must get to know this one who sees me like And one of the things I want to say to you, WCC, is encourage one another till you are completely smothered with encouragement. That's why I like, this is a little confession, that's why I like watching Joel Osteen every now and then. Oh, man. <laughs> Get happy! He's like, you can do it! God's in you! It's going to be okay! Some of you are a little bit offended by like Joel Osteen. But really, you don't get that smile by nothing. I mean, he must know God's in him. Encourage one another. And a little bit later we'll do a little encouragement exercise. But just I want to prophesy over some people. Um, you know, God is so very good. And He wants to bless some people. Now, I know there are numbers of people who are visitors from other churches. 
And you're going to have to forgive me, but I really want to prophesy over people in WCC first, and we'll prophesy over you later, because um, I believe that God's got some incredible things for this local church. I promise we'll do one or two other popcorn prophecies over anyone else. <laughs> if you really want a prophetic word, here it is. He loves you with an everlasting love. Go your way and be happy. Um, so, so, I've got no pressure to perform now. But I just want to prophesy over some of the WCC guys because I want to build into this local church and yeah, there will be some other prophetic words a little bit later. Is that okay? Yeah. And besides, one of the key ways to get your own prophetic breakthroughs is to celebrate others' breakthroughs first. So get happy if someone else is getting happy. Amen. Yeah, I want you to stand quickly. I just feel God is just... Um, you know... I've just seen God's hand on you in just an incredible way. And I believe that this next season, God's actually going to unlock a prophetic voice in you for this local church. That you're going to begin to hear God's voice very clearly. You have. There's been seasons when you've understood and heard God's voice very clearly. And it's been, it's been sharp and it's been cutting. And you've been able to get up and bring the prophetic word of the Lord. And there's been a season where you felt like you've been hidden and you've... You haven't really heard that clearly. But God says in this season, you're going to be able to minister not just from an anointing that's going to come upon you, but from a gift that's within you. That God is unlocking the gift of prophecy in you. And I actually see God beginning to unlock even an ability to teach and communicate and transfer this gift to others. And God's going to unlock it. And there's going to be some unusual ways that God's going to unlock this gift. It's not just going to be in this church. I believe there's going to be prophetic words that you can begin to bring in the community and over even community leaders and over people in different areas. You're going to begin to speak out God's word. It's not just going to happen in the four walls of a building. And I just feel like God wants to say to you, I've got answers for you, even in terms of what you're doing, in terms of your job, that there's a fresh download of creativity that the Lord wants to unlock and there's fresh promotion coming for you in that creativity. And I believe the Lord says, I'm going to give you a presence online. I'm going to give you a presence in the internet world and in the online world. And you're going to, I'm not quite sure what exactly it is that you do, but I see God giving you color and design all over the online world and in the internet world. And it's going to begin to create a skirt. It's going to begin to create a conversation that you're going to begin to engage with even people in community. I see you like doing online community chat forums, like in, and it's like you can have chat forums even to deal with rejuvenation and revival and coming of, of God, not just through the kingdom in the sense of the power of God coming, but in the sense of creativity, breaking out in, 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 in rejuvenation around physical buildings and design around physical buildings. And I see you doing projects and artwork that's going to impact on that arena. In that arena. And God says, I'm going to give you this prophetic gift that's going to unlock and pioneer things in this church because His hand is on you in a radical way. You're in the right place at the right time. You're in the right place at the right time. And God is going to begin to do a deep work of incredible healing and accelerated breakthroughs. All right? And it's like where breakthroughs where you've taken a long time in the past, in this next season, they can come very quickly. And the Lord says you need to be a Holy Spirit junkie. Okay. <laughs> Alright? Um, because the key to your victories is going to be drinking from the Holy Spirit. You need some incredible breakthroughs. Alright? God takes on you in an incredible way. Bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. 
where is, do you have anyone that you want me to prophesy over? Should I just go for it? Okay. Um, the guy right at the back there, yeah, I was just about to prophesy over him. Do you mind standing up, dear brother? Um, hey, what's your name? Gary. Gary. Gary, you have just been through so much. I just see that there's been a time where you lost everything. And it's like you said, God, are you even there? In fact, I see as a little boy that there were authority figures in your life that broke you down and that really spoke words over you that absolutely brought destruction to you. And it's like your mind has been um, um, clouded ever since. And it's like the things that run around in your mind that have dominated your thinking, dominated your thoughts, and have not caused you to have any peace whatsoever. And I believe the Lord wants to say to you, I want to bring peace to you. Because I've got a destiny for you. I've got a purpose for you. Alright? And I feel like this is the weirdest thing. And I feel God wants to say to you, I was there the day you were born. And your parents did not know what to do with you. I was there the day you were born. And it felt like everyone else was rejecting you. And God says, I loved you and accepted you right then. And I believe the Lord wants to say to you, I'm going to begin to bring a clarity to your mind. I'm going to begin to bring a peace to your heart. So you begin to see who He is. And His power is going to come upon you in a radical way. And there's going to be a, a clarity coming. Even right now, God is going to bring clarity to your mind. And He's going to cause the voice that have been speaking in your head to stop. And even the demonic assignment that came to you when you were born is going to be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And the power of God is just going to hit you right now. There it is. In Jesus' name. And you're going to come into a whole new place of freedom right now as God begins to take that root of rejection that came into you the day you were born and He's going to pull it out of you right now because His hand is upon you, my brother. And he knows the day you were born, he, he was there and he accepted you. And he loves you. Today there's going to be clarity that's going to come to your mind. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This young girl over here, there is a creative anointing. Are you a parent? There's a creative anointing. And I see her playing the piano. And this one right over here was a purple one. I see her playing the piano. I see music and I see a psalmist anointing that's on her, that God's going to begin to unlock in an incredible way, alright, and I just feel like there's going to be a prophetic edginess to her, that's going to make her very stubborn sometimes, that's going to make her push up against the boundaries sometimes, and no is going to be a really hard work for her, it already is a really hard work for her, but God's hand is on her in a powerful way, and I believe the Lord says even at a young age she's going to begin to have encounters, even don't be surprised when she talks about angels, when she talks about things that she sees in the spirit, that might not always make sense. It'll be like a blur between reality and the spirit. It's because God's going to be the trainer in the prophetic, and there's going to be an incredible... And God's hand is on both these children, but I feel specifically God wanted to say that. And I feel like she's going to have a sharp mind academically even, and she's going to get to conclusions very quickly, sometimes quicker than her peers, which is going to set her apart from her peers as a leader and as a director, as one who would step into the purposes of God very quickly. And so 
God's hand is really on her. All right. I feel for you both. God's hand is on you in a significant way. My brother, I feel like there's a strong evangelistic edge to you. That there's something in you that has an ability to call people into the kingdom. You've got a reaping anointing on you. And I believe the Lord is going to cause you to father many evangelists. You're going, to, you're going to have people moving signs and wonders in an incredible way. I, I see the Lord really beginning to uh, um, pull back the ceiling of limitation that you've been under. It's like there's been a season of self-evaluation and people have come and said, well, this is not your gift or that's not your gift. And you've begun to evaluate yourself and, and even people who you respect have spoken words and said, well, this is not what you call to. You should do this rather than that. And you've known God's spoken to you about the season you're in. And I believe the Lord says to you, you need to keep going. You need to keep pressing because you're just at the tipping point And you're going to begin to walk into another place of victory and authority. And I believe the Lord says, that which uh, the enemy has spoken over you, that you've self-evaluated, was saying, well, maybe this really isn't my gift. It's a lie. God has gifted you as a man to gather in crowds. God has gifted you as a man for the thousands. God is gifted you as a man who would impact even the very broken of the broken and the hurting of the hurting. And God is going to begin to unlock something. There's such an incredible partnership with you two. You're opposite in, in every way almost, okay? You're just such a spontaneous man. My sister, you are very clear. <laughs> line upon line, precept upon precept. You like things. You've got lists all over the place. On your fridge, on your cupboard doors, in your room. Even in bathrooms, there are lists. Like, I just see lists, 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 lists. And God says, because I've given you an ability to administrate what's going to happen in this next move of God. And it will be a partnership thing. Because actually you have a latent teaching gift that God has put in you. That you have an ability to direct and dissect the Word of God so people can walk into His purposes. And I believe there's a new day coming for partnership in the way that you will minister together. My sister, you, you actually are so jolly prophetic, you don't know what to do with yourself sometimes. Because you can walk into a room and walk into a place and you know what's going on and it frustrates you that no one else can see it. And God says to you, I've taken you into a season where you've had a hold your tongue and, I've le- and God has uh, begun to, to, God will say to you, during that season, He uh, has begun to trust you with secrets. And because you've proved yourself faithful, this is the time to declare those secrets. This is the time to begin to speak into people's lives and into people's contexts. And I believe God says to you, I'm going to begin to bring a turnaround. There's some issue to your property in your lives, I feel, that God is wanting to bless you with or open a door into. I don't know why I see this, but I see God expanding and breaking walls down and causing a, 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 an open space in terms of what you will be doing and how you will be doing. Because I feel like your home is going to be integral to what he's going to do with you in this next season. I feel like God just want to bless you in that arena so that you can have a base that's going to impact many people. And so God's hand is really on you in a significant way. My sister, the Lord says to you, there's also some book writing in you. There's some things that are in you that you're going to write that's going to be like a legacy for women. All right? Because you've seen it all, and you've had a walk through it all, and there's been a secret price that you've paid that not many people have seen. And God says to you, my hand is on you both. Okay, I, I, just, I keep seeing God really blessing you guys. I feel like there's even some benefactors that's going to begin to sow into your mission. And that was, do you guys need a church? Or? We've just handed over a church. Okay. And part of the, the, the tension has been that we're prophetic and evangelist call, which I've neglected for years. So. Okay. 
They're, they're, I see you establishing some kind of uh, ministry. I don't know whether it's a named ministry. It doesn't really matter. But I see God releasing you into a greater traveling dynamic. So you'll be able to really undergird and replicate the prophetic evangelistic edge that's on you both in the season, all right? And I just feel like God saying, watch this, I'm going to bless you beyond that which you can handle or understand. All right, God's hands on you. Amen. Just to say that if I don't make sense, you can just kick it up because I'm not perfect. <laughs> and I'm a son anyway. Actually, I am perfect. I'm perfect in Jesus. Um, it's just that I make mistakes sometimes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Isn't he good? Uh, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Who's the person who's involved in, like, dancing, particularly like in a funk, crazy, lots of beat dancing? There's somewhere over here, I think. Um, in fact, you can just quickly put up your hand. You're involved. You might not be the, I think you're somewhere over here. kind of involved in some kind of dancing. Um, I think you leave classes, or you dig it, or you do it, I don't know. Who's that person? Just quickly put up your hand. Um. Who's that? I think it's a lady. Um. Okay. Stand up, please. If that's okay. Yes, you. Um, you've got a healing anointing. And are you purposeless? Um, I feel like God really wants to encourage you that actually you're going to minister healing to people through dance. And it's not going to be nasty Christian dancing. <laughs> okay? It's going to be creative and it's going to be powerful and it's going to be full of movements. Okay? And I, I see you having classes or leading classes. I don't know if you're studying this or you're thinking about studying it, but I'm uh, studying it or you're thinking. I see you studying this, and I see you being translated at these classes, even into like places in the Cape Flats, and even into broken townships. I see you having um, kind of buildings where you will do dance classes that is going to liberate particularly broken women. Women who, who come out of sexual brokenness and eating disorders, and you're going to be able to use the medium of dance to bring freedom and healing to people. And God says, I put that dream in you. Um, and you're looking around and you're saying, God, how am I going to finance this dream? How am I going to do this? And God says, I'm going to provide for you in unlikely ways. And I want you to watch and see, okay? Because there's even equipment, studio equipment that God's got for you. And it's like I can see a particular community hall or a particular community place. It's actually even got some derelict or old equipment that you're going to revive and rejuvenate and you're going to use in, 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 in that moment when God releases you to do this. But God says, this is my plan for you, this is my purpose for you, and I've set my anointing on you to do this, and you can begin to step into a new place, as it were, into what he has for you, right? Because there's going to be incredible healing that's going to come, and incredible freedom that's going to come, and communities are going to be grateful. Uh, it's going to be like an ability for you to be a mum to many who are not your own. Alright? I even see like little children, like littleies, who just don't have anything. And they're going to come and they're going to get their groove on and you're going to release the anointing, you're going to release healing over them and you're going to call destiny out of them. And God said this dream is his dream and he's put it in your heart. And you have to step into it because he wants to use the very powerful.
Amen. Says so do some amazing things. Amen. Bless you. Um, I want to prophesy over where's that man? Here you are, the striped couple. Can you just stand? What's your name? Claire. Claire. Um, God wants you to stand. Okay, God's hand is just on you in a, a way that is unusual, in that you're a strong woman. And uh, sometimes people have said to you, um, you're intimidating or you're too strong. And God says, no, you're not. You like it that you're strong. Alright, because you have the ability to see black and white and see truth. You've got a high degree of justice in you. It's like if it's injustice, you're going to evolve to bring justice. In fact, I think you might really be involved in some fights in order to bring peace. Alright, and you're kind of in there and you're not allowing this to happen. Alright, and uh, God has given you an ability to see and an ability to communicate justice. But I believe the Lord wants to say to you, this next season is going to be a season about bringing justice at high levels. High levels in terms of government, high levels in terms of policy, high levels in terms of political influence even. I feel like there's something about politics that God has put in you and on you and that it might be a good career for you to pursue or uh, some kind of aspect of the political world is what God's calling you to. I think you've been thinking about that even. And God says in this season, as you get released into that, you're going to get the backing of um, unlikely people who are going to say, actually, we're voting for this. We want to be in on this. We want to back what you're doing. Because God wants to give you a voice, all right? And it's not going to be about a particular political party. It's going to be about justice, all right? And, and I feel like God's saying to you that um, really the label is insignificant. Alright, it's about justice that you're going to bring. And I feel like God wants to say to you, particularly, God you know, give you an ability to release funding in order to bring justice to children and orphans and uh, stuff like that. Alright, and God is going to begin to unlock an ability for you to minister in that arena. Alright, I, I, I see you writing in a journal, maybe even about a year ago, some things that you were thinking about or dreaming about, and you're kind of looking at it, and I feel like you've looked at it in the past, even just recently, going, is this even going to happen? And God says, yes, this is the season, it's going to be like a holy acceleration. You're going to come into contact with significant movers and shakers, not only in this community, but in the actual city of Cape Town. And I see you communicating with people of high influence and affluence. And, and you're going to be able to really bring the heart of God into that place. And they're going to provide a platform for you because they're going to find faithfulness in you. Alright? And, and so God says, I need you to be a strong woman. Alright? You're a strong and a sensitive woman. Alright? You know that. And it's not, strength doesn't mean a lack of sensitivity. Alright? You have a sensitivity about you that actually moves very easily by the plight of the broken and the hurting. And God's put that sometimes you can watch an advert and get moved. Alright? And God's put that in you. Alright? And He knows you. <laughs> he knows you. And I feel like I want to say to you, in this next season, you're going to begin to step into a whole other level of authority and favor. It's like God is releasing angelic resource for you. Alright? So that you would literally have angels. Because I see you communicating with rough and tough and all the soft deleted, alright? <laughs> and you'll be able to communicate with them and bring them into, into peace and into, into a real... Um, there's something about you having an influence in the gang world in this part of the, of the region. That it's like you can be behind the scenes 
and shaping some of the policies and the way it works so that peace comes and, and justice is going to look different to the way sometimes the law might see it. It's going to be about putting things as though they should be. All right? And justice in the kingdom is about mercy for the sinner. All right? And I feel like you have the ability to bring justice and mercy. So even those who've been wrongdoers and lawbreakers coming to the mercy of God as a result of the way that you can do policy and the result of the way I feel like God is going to release you and connect you with programs that even uh, will deal with things like restoration and justice. I see you connecting with some kind of organization that is going to unlock that kind of thing. I see workshops happening even out of this building where people will come and there's going to be workshops that's going to train people. I feel like even like early offenders, and you can have an ability to train early offenders and yeah. get them off the streets into a place of wholeness. And yeah. So God's hand is on you and all that stuff you wrote uh, those many months ago, it's going to be to happen now. There's going to be an acceleration of that, all right? And I feel like God is really going to give you favor in the most uh, amazing ways. And I feel like um, part of the favor that's going to happen is upgrades in terms of equipment for you. Uh, it's like you see computers and things like that are really old and uh, you can need an upgrade. Even I think a vehicle and you can need an upgrade around. God says that upgrades are going to come now. Upgrades are certainly going to come so you can begin to do what you need to do. Because you can be quite sassy in terms of technology. Okay? Because it's going to be one of the mediums that God's going to use to get your voice out. Right, so get really God's going to use you very significantly. And when I met you earlier, I just saw uh, this strength in you that God wants to unlock through you in order to bring justice and mercy to the broken and the hurting. God's hands on you. So drink big. Alright? Yay, God. Isn't God good? Isn't he good? Come, Holy Spirit. Why don't you just love on Jesus a little bit because it helps me prophesy more? The better you love him, the more I can prophesy. Uh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord Jesus. This is weird, so I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> hope it works, Lord. Um, is there somebody who's involved in designing like um, big theatre production sets, stuff like that? You, you design for, or you're somehow involved in the oversight of somebody who does theatre and the way it looks in particular productions. Um, I just feel like God's going to work for or you're thinking about studying or something like that. Um, I just feel like God wants to just uh, prophesy you. So that you can quickly wave your hand at me, I might be completely wrong. But I just go with what pops into my head and hope for the best. <laughs> so does that make sense to someone? There's someone involved in design and theatre, particularly some kind of connection with that. Um, I want to prophesy over you. Can you want? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Um, the gentleman I met earlier, you've got blonde here, I've forgotten your name already, Port Alfred Man. Stand up. He hasn't had the front of his eyes. Give him a drink. Thank you. There is a revival. 
ask you, ask for a word of knowledge in your life, and I hope you don't need to. Someone just scams you. And the Lord is about to ask for a word of knowledge in your life, and the, particularly uh, the miraculous. I believe the Lord says that uh, <laughs> there is coming a season within the next year where there's going to be a significant miracle that you'll be involved in. I think it relates to a cancer. They can turn that community around. Okay, it's going to turn that community around completely. And I see it being publicized in the paper, and as a result, you're suddenly going to get favor. I believe the Lord wants to say to you, son, I'm going to give you an ability to be a prophetic herald in this nation. This is a mighty national thing. And the Lord says that out of a place of obscurity, you will begin to come into a place of influence. And the Lord's going to give you a very significant traveling ministry that's going to begin to touch even into many different nations. And I see the Lord unlocking even flags of European nations. And the Lord says to you, son, I want you to begin to understand that even as I begin to move with you, that I'm going to give you insight, wisdom, and apostolic ability to pioneer and to break open things. For I've begun to deposit a gift of an apostolic edge to you. You're not an apostle yet. It's going to take some time. It's going to take many years. In fact, but God says, I'm going to give you the ability to begin to pioneer and to begin to shape and begin to release and begin to mold and begin to uh, create things. And as that begins to happen, you're going to begin to see many people who will be like the man from Macedonia calling out even in supernatural events like it happened with Paul. And as they begin to call to you and begin to look to you, you're going to begin to see God give you favor and authority over regions. God says, I want to give you a regional anointing. I want to give you an ability to oversee something in a region that begins to break things. And the Lord says to you, I've got some black men for you. Some black men who will be your sons who will come out of the place of obscurity too, and you will train them and release them, and you'll carry an anointing with them. And people will say, how is it that these uneducated men can do these things? How is it that these men, from the place of nowhere, can suddenly step up to the place of authority and raise the dead and see whole communities change? God says, I'm going to give you an ability, even like that of Heidi Baker, that will begin to shape and shape and change things. And, so get ready because uh, this is going to happen even in the next year. I see this miracle happening that can break open that community to you. And so watch and see what I'm going to do. I believe there's to be a partnership even with this local church that God is going to give you an ability. I believe there's something even apostolically that you guys are building together, that you will mold together. It will look different to one another, but it will carry the same DNA. And I believe the Lord says to you, son, I'm going to begin to unlock incredible things for you and uh, you're going to begin to find favor in, in some amazing ways. And uh, I, this is a personal word and I wouldn't normally prophesy this unless I, uh, uh, I knew this. I'm bringing this in submission to leadership. I don't know if you're married, uh, but I believe the Lord says to you, you're going to get married late in life because you're going to take much ground. You can take much ground, but the woman he's got for you is going to be flipping amazing. Um, and I, I don't know how old you are. I'm not saying it's going to be like when you're 50. I'm not saying it's going to be like when you're 50. I'm not saying it's going to be like when you're 50. I'm not saying it's going to be like when you're 50. But I, I just believe that kind of between now and your, early, in your 30s, you're going to take a whole lot of ground for her. It's not that you might not find your wife. I'm not saying that you weigh this, alright? You need to weigh this wisely. But I feel like the season is about ground taking. It's about ground taking. And God's very jealous for your gift, my brother. In fact, more than your gift is jealous for you. 
And there's something about the tankiness of your heart. There's something about the tankiness of your heart that the Lord is going to begin to use and capture because you've been a lover of God. You've been one who's been fascinated and caught up in. There's some third heaven encounters that you're going to begin to have and you've already had and you've not known what to do with them. You say, God, where do I go with this? You've even seen some angels late at night and you say, God, what do I do with this? And God says, I'm going to begin to give you an ability to communicate the supernatural so that others can enter into the same experience. And God says to his son, I'm going to pour my spirit upon you in such a way that uh, you will be like a, a burning man in the middle of nowhere. And people will come. I mean, I, I see this. I see you taking teams into Europe. I see you taking teams even into um, uh, different parts of Russia. God says, just get ready, there's going to be such favor and that you have this troop of, of multicolored people walking with you in places that are dominated by, by uh, monochrome colors. And they'll be saying, how did this come out of Africa? How did this come out of wherever you will find yourself in that season? Because God's going to use his very path then. And there are not many people that I will say this over at such a young age, but there is an apostolic call on you. Okay, now that's going to take possibly 20 years for you to understand the full weight of it, alright? But uh, there's going to be a pioneering edge. What you need to know is that without you having to call yourself that, you can open doors and see kingdom advance, alright? And just feel like the Lord wants to say, I'm putting a spirit of revival and reformation on you, and you're going to burn with fire. Yes. You're not going to burn around you, alright? And you're going to see incredible anointing. Uh, there, are, there are books that will be written about what God's going to do in some of the places you will be. Uh, I see even towards the end of kind of next year, there's going to be something that's going to, so at the end of 2013, there's going to be something that's going to begin to break open in your region that's going to cause you to have even nightly meetings as the power of God begins to move. Alright, and so this is a season of preparation, intercession, and structure because God wants you to have the right wineskin in order to hold what He's going to do. And you have to surround yourself with fathers who can help you. You have to surround yourself with prophetic voices who can help you and shape you. My brother, God is on you in a remarkable way. And you can see dynamic apart. I see three angels. I normally always see two angels of people, but I see three angels around you. And one of them uh, is the name Fire. And it's like he is going to really release fire wherever you find yourself. It will be like a physical anointing. Sometimes you'll get to places, and the day that you arrive, forest fires will start. And you'll go, how does that happen? Why is that? It's because there's going to be an angel that's going to be assigned, and there'll be a sign for you that when you hit places, there'll be fire, physical fire. And not all the time. But there will be just as a sign that God's going to move very significant. And the second angel that I see around you is the angel of insight and supernatural wisdom. And God says, I want to give you the ability to, to work with the spirit realm and the kingdom of God in the realm of the spirit that get, brings wisdom and insight. That this is not just going to be out there, high in the sky stuff, but it's going to be rooted in building local church that demonstrates the supernatural. Alright, so God says, I want you to know I'm giving you resource. I'm giving the Bible calls an angel's ministering spirit to help us to accomplish the job, okay? And, and, and the third angel, um, 
I just see is one that I saw many years ago with the Angel of Revival. Alright, and, and I see on your left side in particular, and I feel like sometimes something happens on your left side, and yes. it happens to your left side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the angel of revival is touching that particular Come, Holy Spirit. 
the dear brother at the back, he's all open, he's wearing the blue jersey on. Yeah, you have to have I can't see from here. But I have some more anyway. Um, there's some creative ideas that's been locked up, and you see on top of the mirror still.
that you're going to write songs that carry something of God's heart, that brings you sweet Mr. Bobby. And there's going to be a reflection of that in the way that you worship. And I see you collaborating with other people in the area of worship. It's going to be very intimate, it's going to be but it's going to bring people into the experience of the Father's heart, Lord. And some more, Lord. He needs it. You know, if you're trying to a church, we're going to be happy. Um, and I just feel like God really wants to encourage you that um, there's new doors of opportunity on the you. I just feel like you've hit a particular juncture where you go, I don't feel just like any doors on that. I think you might even be believing God for a particular job or a particular context that you really want to be involved in God's kingdom. God, open the door for you. And you're going to find favor in that place in an incredible way, right? So be very clear. I see, I see, uh, I see like you're horse-riding, all right? It's almost like there's really something about an ability to gain speed and momentum in an open space because you just, you hate being claustrophobic, you hate being head again. And God should give you an ability to come into an open space because you need a lot of creativity, a lot of space. And I feel like God say I'm going to open that door for you in this next season. Yes, um, I see like um, like a developing lab with cameras, and I see like loads of photos all over the place. I don't even into photography, but there's something about that world that God wants to open up for you in an incredible way more. Lord, um, that God wants to open up for you. And to just get ready, okay? Is that very sexy? I see lots of cameras and photos and just stuff like that creativity that God's going to open up for you. So just get ready because God's going to use that. It's like God's going to give you the only label. Alright? Just design a label like something that's yours. Alright? That's going to be incredibly impressive.
And God says, man does not control your destiny. He does. Alright, and you're not to come under the um, dominating influence of a man. You come under the influence of God. Now, submission means that you honor those over you and you respect and you love them. But that doesn't mean you're controlled by them. Alright, and I feel like God's going to teach you about how to come up into a new place of authority because you're like a David that has been shaped in the secret place. And he's anointing you and bringing you out to a public place in his next season. So God's hand is on you just a very remarkable way. I see you even going abroad for a while and learning things and growing what God has for you. So just get ready. And it's like there'll be a season of saying and telling me you'll be released in an incredible way. God's hand is on you. Okay? It's real, it's real power stuff there. There's a Shika Bazooka in here that God wants to release. Amen. All right, so just get ready. God's going to do some amazing things. Amen. Oh, come Holy Spirit. The, the, I think you're a couple. Uh, gentlemen, you want to stand up here? No. More Lord. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you know, I feel like God wants to say to you that uh, in this season of decision-making, He's going to surprise you. That I just see you having to make particular decisions. I don't know if it's going to do with relocation. But I feel like God's saying, I'm going to surprise you very significantly. And I'm going to overwhelm you in, in an amazing way. And it's almost like it's not about the decision just yet. But it's about a season of surprises. Jehovah's Sneaky wants to bless you. Alright? And it's almost like there's the there's disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Even failure after failure after failure. It's like the things you touched just seem to ha have dissipated. And you thought the promise of God was in it. But God says, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Because there's always been a silence against you in the, in the spirit realm, my brother. It's like the enemy has used words to penetrate and to break and to destroy. And God says, I'm drawing a line in the sand right now. Amen. So you begin to walk into a new place of authority, and a new place of victory, and a new place of surprises in Him. These are going to be good surprises, not the surprises of the enemy. God says that the Lord wants to say to you, He's going to anoint you with the oil of the Holy Spirit, so you become slippery to the enemy. Alright? So you can try and grasp it and you're not going to be able to because it's like things play around in your mind again and again and again, like a, like a record that you're stuck and you think, hey God, I need to change the way I think. And God says, suddenly, I'm going to begin to bring a breaking through in the season for you. Alright? And God says, I'm going to direct you. And it's almost like I feel like you've been a a restraint in the spirit because God wants to bring you into a season of blessing and surprises. So the decision you make is from a place of strength, not the place of need. I hope that makes sense to you. But God says, just get ready because His hand is on you in just such a wonderful way. And my sister, you do hear from God. Because you've just doubted that in this last season. And it's like the enemy had a field day saying, maybe you did it. And God says, no, you have heard from Him. Alright, and, and he's heard the, the, the prayers that you've been praying, alright, and 
and God said, just watch and see what I'm going to do. It's almost like I see you um, sitting in a chair in your lawn. It's like a favorite chair. I just see, um, I don't know if this describes, but it's like I see a colorful piece of artwork underneath this chair. And I see you praying and writing stuff on that chair underneath this piece of artwork that actually means a lot to you. And I just feel like the Lord says, I know where you're seated. But I'm lifting you up into heavenly places in this next season so your perspective will change and you'll see favour after favour after favour. God's hand is on you in an incredible way. And so God's going to do some amazing things. Jehovah's Seed is going to bless you. Alright. The blessing. He's heard your prayers. Bless you. Come Holy Spirit, not good. He goes. Amazing. Um, just a quick doubt. Who's Chris? Is it? Yeah. Mike. Mike, sorry. Mike. <laughs> um, just quickly, I just feel like God wants to say to you that um, I'm going to give you opportunities in this next season in the things of the Spirit that you've not done possible. That God wants to say to you there's something about you even leading teams from this local church into places and releasing kingdom. Amen. And I just feel like God wants to say to you, you have a leadership ability and you can carry weight in this church and you're not to be afraid. Because there's a season where you were hurt, there's a season where there was brokenness that came in. God says, I want you to trust me in this next season that you're in the right place and that leadership is your portion. And I just feel like God's saying to you that um, the self-doubt and the... It's like you double-question all your motives. Before you, do, before you make a decision, you're going to go through it again and again and again. And again and again. And God says, in this next season, you're going to step up to the plate with authority to bring this kingdom in the amazing way. So you're going to lead many young men with you into that experience. And I just feel like you're not to be afraid of pioneering new aspects, even in this locality, that will really release the kingdom and bring mercy. And you're, you're a local man, but you have the, you have the eye of global vision. Alright? And so you can you can give yourself locally, but you know there's a whole lot more. And I feel like God's going to help you lead people into a whole lot more. Alright? So God's leadership gift is on you. I feel like God also wants to say to you that you're coming to a season very soon where you'll begin to preach and teach. Alright, because there's an ability to preach and teach. You grasp principles in the word that seem complicated to others and you're able to communicate them in simplicity. And God's going to use that very significantly. Amen. So get ready, God's hand is on you. And you're going to see incredible favors. It's a season of incredible blessing. It's a season of incredible opportunity in the spirit. Okay? Yeah. So God's hand is on you. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? Um, I wish I could prophesy over all of you, but I wonder if I could ask those of you who are in senior leadership in this church just to come and stand up front. Those of you, uh, you'd know who they are, uh, who are leaders in this church. Uh, come quickly, Maranatha. I'd love us just to stretch out our hands to these wonderful people. We want to bless them. Seriously, if you're not in a local church, this is a good church to join, okay? As long as you don't have problems. I'm just joking. 
we all got problems. That's why we uh, come, Lord Jesus. What you guys just lift up your hands? I just want you to pray for them and bless them. When I was here on Tuesday night, I felt God say really clearly that this is the season of incredible breakthrough for you as a church. That you're about to step into a whole new place of favor and a whole new place of authority in the kingdom. And there's something about this property that's going to act as the base of intercession for this region. That God is going to begin to give you an ability to begin to pray and release kingdom decrees that's going to shift and change in atmosphere and that you're to dream big dreams out of this place because the Lord, I prophesied this over Caleb and Jess, the Lord wants to say you not to think of yourself primarily as a pastoral church, but you're to think of yourself as an apostolic resource base, that what you will do in this area is resource it with kingdom principle, kingdom power, and kingdom breakthrough, and that you're to get ready for that. And I believe the Lord would say to you too, in this next season, He's going to begin to bring many different people into your community, people even out of the political arena, who are going to find something in this community and say, I need to be part of this. And the Lord says to you, you're going to sharpen and move in a greater degree of evangelistic potency in this season where you're going to see people get saved who are the unlikelies. And I don't just mean that in terms of poverty, I mean that in terms of the affluent too. That there'll be some unlikely people who will find something very significant here and want to be a part of it. I believe the Lord wants to say this is season of worship unusual moments of worship. Sometimes your preachers are going to get scrapped because of worship that's going to begin to flow. And I uh, just feel like God really wants to bless you in this next season. I feel, first of all, Father wants to say, well done, faithful, faithful servants. And uh, the Lord says, I'm about to give you eyes to dream much bigger, imaginations to dream much bigger, much broader. Uh, for I'm about to give you the keys of whole buildings. I'm about to give you the keys to this community. Um, I feel like the Lord wants to say to you, even, I think I said this and some other people prophesied this, that there'll be a mayoral recognition of what you will do in this community. That uh, people in the political world in arena will see what you will do in this community. And I just feel like God really wants to unlock. Look, the power of God is coming upon you in a new measure because uh, you're going to see signs and wonders in ways that you've not dreamt possible. And God says, uh, dare to believe me for the miraculous. Dare to believe me for the breakthroughs that you've been dreaming about because it's your portion. All right? Uh, um, and uh, guys, I just feel like God wants to say to you that uh, your teaching and preaching is going to go through the roof in this next season. That, um, it's not going to be about pet theologies, it's going to be about kingdom reality. That you're going to begin to preach out of the place of the kingdom in a way that will unlock grace in a whole new level. All right? And that which you battled for in the arena of grace and freedom you'll begin to see come with incredible power and demonstration in this yes. next season. The Lord's going to really use in the area of deliverance, Gareth. And you're going to see God use it to set people free 
from long-term strongholds and addictions. And as you begin to preach, you'll say a word that literally demons will tremble at. And they'll get set, people will get set free from those things. And so God's hand is on you. I just feel like for you ladies, um, your voice is not to be discounted. Your voice is not to be discounted. I believe that uh, there is an anointing for women preachers to be established in this church. We're just touching a little bit of a stronghold here right now. And it's like you ladies have tried to, uh, you know, be the nice leader's wife, and you guys get so bored of that so quickly, you ladies. And God says, it's because I'm putting a fire in your bones, son. You are going to preach with an authority. You are going to preach with an authority. You are going to preach with an authority. It's going to unlock. Live, you know, and a lot of people and come Holy Spirit. And so I ask you, let's just treasure our hands, let's bless them, I ask you for favor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're the joker in this pack. <laughs> You're the joker in this pack. <laughs> oh. Passion. And I believe the Lord says to you, Sarah, I'm going to unlock an ability to perceive passion. 
And you know, sometimes you're so jolly afraid that you're going to hype things up, so you downplay everything. Yeah, speak to him, Lord. <laughs>
Thank you for what you are doing. God, I'm asking you for apostolic and prophetic grace to be at the foundation of this local house. That it will be a light to the nations. It will be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I pray, God, a city within a city. Oh, yes. A city within a city. That, God, the kingdom will come in this place with great measure, and great authority, and great power. And God, I will pray for everyone here to hear your voice in clarity. And God, I pray that my best moments, I pray for people who feel like they're called to prophetic ministry specifically. Just quickly lift up your hands very quickly. You know God's called you. Gary, you should lift up your hand. Gary, you should lift up your hand. It's all over. Just quickly lift up your hands. Right now, I pray that my best moment in the prophetic, my most amazing words in the prophetic that you've allowed me to bring God, that that would be the starting point for each one of these people who put up their hands in the name of Jesus. Thank you, I ask you God that you would unlock the realm of revelation in the prophetic. The realm of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom in Jesus' name. That every single person that is standing and has their hands lifted up. That God, they will begin to move in prophetic grace from this day forward. That revelation would be their portion in the name of Jesus. And so God, as such as I have, do I give it away right now in Jesus' name. And release your anointing right now in Jesus' name. The guy with the, the, the arm in the sling, you are called to be a prophet. Alright? Not just prophetic, you're called to be a prophet and God's going to begin to train you and He's going to begin to shape you. Someone just get behind him very quickly. Oh God, he's all over him right now. And the Lord says to you, son, you're going to begin to walk in a very similar mantle with which I walk. You're going to begin to see signs and wonders and miracles and even now His power comes in you like a ball of fire. BAM! You're going to go through you. In Jesus' name, you're going to flow the great authority. Great authority. Uh, Patricia, I met you earlier. The power of God is all over you for visions and dreams right now. In Jesus' name, there it goes through your body. Boom! In Jesus' name. And God, I pray for every single person here. And that we hear your voice clearly and walk with great authority. In Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit, release your Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.